Welcome everybody. In this episode, you'll be covering Webmin, the web-based administration tool. Okay, I'm Mark Clark. Uh, people might have heard me before. I've done two other episodes so far. Um, I'm located in South Africa, and I'm a, in my day job. I work with um, Linux and open source solutions, and put all the different bits and pieces together or components together to build solutions for our customers. Um, we also do a lot of Java programming and, and PHP programming, so essentially a, a tech geek that um, does his hobby for a living. Uh, joining me today is Darlene Parker, who will be co-hosting the show with me in future. Hello, Darlene. Hi, Mark. So just a little about myself. I work with a company that's located in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, and we focus as well on Linux-based development, and we encourage the adoption of open-source software around the globe. We primarily work in emerging markets to develop local open source capabilities that are sustainable over the long period. As well, I believe that by sharing insights into tools that are readily available and making Linux more user-friendly, I hope to encourage people to think outside the box. So thank you for having me today, Mark. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for, for joining me, Darlene. Okay, now on with the show. So today, um, after that, we can move on to, to our topic for discussion today which will be Webmin. Um, so Webmin, I think as some people know, is a remote administration tool. And uh, Darlene and myself have been, have been um, toying around with Webmin a little bit for some projects that we've been working on. And so we want to give some feedback to other people who might find this, this tool useful. Darlene, um, would you like to explain why you started using Webmin or looking at Webmin for, your, for the problems that you're trying to address? I just found that I have a lot of requests from people who'd like to administer many sites, especially if they're spread out, uh, spread out on a wide area geographically. Mm -hmm. And as well, if there's, there are not technical staff on site to manage or configure the systems, that the remote admin tools make a lot of sense. And as well, a web-based application is ideal because it doesn't require you to be physically on site or logged into a specific server in order to make those changes or to run any yep. maintenance tasks. Okay, great. And have you used any other remote administration tools in the past at all? I'm, I'm familiar with VNC and remote desktop, mm -hmm. but uh, I just thought I'd try this because it was not uh, so text-based mm -hmm. and uh, had a really good GUI. And I thought people that weren't so technical or so Linux savvy might be able to, to use this. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the past when we used Webmin, um, it's been more of a case where we've got a semi-decent internet connection, um, and you don't want to use VNC because it's a bit too, uh, bit too bandwidth intensive for for administration purposes. And you also you have a, a administrator who's not necessarily technically savvy on the command line. Um, well, they might be savvy on the command line in some areas, but they don't, you know, like they don't know how to configure um, Bound, for example. But they might know how to configure Apache. Um, and Webmin is ideal for those situations where you need to empower um, other system administrators to maintain their own systems, but they don't necessarily have all of the skills um, necessary to do it from, from the command line. Because I'm sure you also use um, SSH in the past. Uh, you know, SSH is obviously the, the hardcore way of maintaining your, your boxes, and it's very and it's, it's great. I mean, for especially when you've got unreliable internet connections, um, but often it requires quite a high level of skill for people to use. Well, this as well with SSH, you have to have it's it's so secure. Like you have to have the authorized keys to get into the system, and you know, and it is quite locked down. It is a very good tool. I use it every day. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. What else was I going to say about uh, about Webman? Also, another another advantage of Webman, I think, 
is that it's used in many different distributions. So often you get, um, especially these administrators coming out of some of the schools and, and colleges that exist, you know, they know how to administrate a red hat box or they know how to administrate a SUSE box, but um, they end up with something else like a um, Ubuntu box or Debian box, you know, and the configuration files are on different places and they're hard to find. Um, the information is the same, but it's just laid out differently. And often they battle with that, and that's what's great about Redmond. You train somebody once, and then you can install it on any of the distributions, and the way they go, they can then configure and maintain any of those distributions. All right, Mark, so do you want to talk about what Webmin entails and what's in the program for people? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and chat about Webmin and, and how we use it in the day-to-day -day jobs. So I just wanted to give an overview. So okay. Webmin has 113 standard modules that allow you to do uh, tasks such as configure your system, your servers, your network, hardware, and for my particular scenario, the cluster that allows the installing of software packages on multiple systems concurrently. And out of the modules that are installed, I particularly find useful are ones such as the scheduled cron jobs, users and groups, printer administration, webalizer log file analysis, mm -hmm. squid reporter generator, bandwidth monitoring, and I, I know that I've had users from around the globe, Mark, tell me that mm -hmm. they've used Webmin. I've had people from the UK, from Mexico, Libya, so I can tell you that there are a lot of administrators out there aware of its functionality. So, Mark, have you, what particular modules have you used or that you found of interest? Well, the modules that, that we use in particular is uh, when we get some, some of our staff to edit like DNS zone file records and stuff. Because often if you get the configuration wrong, and if you get one semicolon wrong, your whole uh, bound server won't start up. Or it will appear to start up, but just in the worst case scenario, it won't actually start um, serving results. So you don't know until somebody suddenly contacts you and tells you that they can't uh, reach certain machines. So we use it in those in those scenarios. Um, it basically, you know, in South Africa we have a bit of a skills crisis on the go. Um, you know, have not enough people with the right skills to do the jobs. So this way it enables us to, you know, to get to, to not overburden the people with skills and to enable um, less less skilled people to actually do the work. Um, so it's quite a nice cost saving there as well. And it's also quite empowering as well. It's a good way for people to learn how things work. I mean, typically if you don't know. What even a, what DNS is and what a zone record is, for example, you know, and you're trying to at the same time learn how the configuration file fits together. It's quite difficult. It's quite nice for people to get get in touch with the concepts, understand, yeah, you know, how the different servers work. Um, for example, Apache virtual servers, um, virtual name servers, that kind of stuff. And then once they understand that, then it's much easier for them to understand how the configuration file works and actually works together with Apache to to configure things. So yeah, so that's how we use it. And it's also uh, one of the advantages, of course, is when we get some new customer comes along with a, um, some esoteric distribution of Linux that somebody has installed on their machine. Um, you know, we don't have to go and reinstall the whole machine, something we're familiar with. We can just install Webmin on there and then administer the machine that way. So, yeah. All right. Uh, any other comments that you wanted to share about the program, about yeah, I Webmin? Think, yeah, I just think there's other okay. areas in Webmin. Um, there's like user min, I don't know whether you use the min and virtual min or the new uh, sort of components that they have over and above the traditional webmin configuration components. Have you used those at all? No, I haven't, Mark. Mm. Yeah, because the virtual, uh, virtual min seems to be a, a quite a good uh, solution for, you know, let's say, sort of it's like a semi C panel um, kind of solution. So it enables, a, if you've got a, a web server, you need to administrate virtual domains 
for mail and for the websites. Um, you've got many websites on one machine there. Then you can use VirtualOne to do that. So that's quite quite nice from that point of view. It takes a lot of the pain out of uh, maintaining one of those systems. And then use them and provide your ordinary um, Linux users with a sort of web interface to maintain their mail, their prop mail files, their HTML files, all that kind of stuff. So it's quite it's quite nice from that point of view. Um, I haven't actually used it much myself, the userman part, but the virtual part looks like something that's worth looking into. Okay, so now do we just want to tell tell our listeners how they can find Webmin and how to install it? Yeah, no, that'll be a good idea. Um, look, mo- most distributions will have Webmin already in their repositories, um, so if you're using something like Debian, you'll use apt-get. If you're using Red Hat uh, or Fedora, you'll use something like... Um, Yum. In the case of SUSE, you'll use, I think the new thing is called Zypher, Z-Y-P-P-E-R. Um, it's a new installation package manager. So you can probably find it in the repositories. And if not, I think you can go to the, the Webman homepage and actually download a lot of the the, the packages pre-built there from the Webman, the people that actually produce Webman. Okay. And then we wanted to just touch on some security issues. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, how have you set up Webman in the past? Do you, do you access it remotely over your network or uh, remote connections? Remotely over my network and having to work through the firewall with port yeah. forwarding. Yeah, because one of the issues that often comes up with when you mention Webman to people is the issue of security because, you know, the, you can set up to work on HTTPS, um, but this is something, you know, you feel inherently <laughs> insecure leaving that much power available on a, on a web server. Um, even if it doesn't run on port, I know it doesn't run on port 80 by default, it runs on port 10,000 by default. Um, but it's, you know, sometimes people feel a bit insecure about doing that. Um, if you do if you do feel like that, then you can always um, just port forward port 10,000 over, over SSH. So the whole the whole tunnel's encrypted already before it gets, before it gets sent over the, over the network. And then if you've got HTTPS running on there as well, it's via another layer of, of encryption. So that's how often how we do it if we do have to access machines um, remotely. Yeah, and another way some people do it is they first VPN into the into the network and then they you know fire up the browser and access access Webman that way. Is that also another way of having a secure connection to Webman? All right. So just to recap then the advantages and the disadvantages we might see of this program. So I'll just talk what again to recap the advantages that I see. Mm-hmm. That it installs on most most common distros, and like you say, it's in their repositories and easy to get to. That many Linux administrators are familiar with it, and that it has a, a great GUI for people to use instead of the text command line. Mm-hmm. And like you say, to avoid those uh, just those little typing errors that could cause a catastrophe. So, Mark, what do you th- see some of the disadvantages of Webmin? Um, I think you know, for, for me, Webmin is. Uh, it's an intermediate step until you become proficient in the administration of the whole of the machine or the box. But I mean, you know, having said that, it's also it has its place in the sense that if you've got a lot of machines to administer, they have a lot of time. Sometimes graphically administering the box is a lot quicker. You know, so firstly, I prefer to to um, configure things on the command line. But you know, if you've got um, 50 clients and they all, you know, you have to be configured and maintained, and you have to provide a level of service there. Sometimes it's best just to to install Webmin. I always at least have it as a as a backup tool as well. 
you know, because if somebody comes with an esoteric server that I've never installed before, I mean, I mean, let's say for example, and I mainly use Postfix for the um, MT, SMTP server. Um, when you go to some client to take them over and they're using SendMail or, or um, uh, what's the other one or QMail, or one of those kind of um, mail applications which I'm unfamiliar with, you know, then I'll use I'll use Webman to help with the configuration because I understand the concepts behind. Passing from mail server, I don't need to know what all of the specific configuration options are for those different servers. So that's when I'll also tend to use to use Webman when I'm feeling a little bit, uh, you know, I don't have enough time to read up on all the all of the different config uh, options and understand it all. And I want to make sure that it gets configured properly and, and has reasonable defaults. Then I'll use something like Webman to, to assist with that. Okay. And Mark, you asked me if I'd used any other remote admin tools. Uh, mm-hmm. How about yourself? other ones are you familiar with? Well, um, as I said, I mainly use SSH um, to do the configuration from the command line. Um, but other other remote tools uh, I've been recently looking at is something called um, eBox. Because what you see is a whole sort of, uh, what do you call it, uh, appliance kind of software that's coming out these days. Um, you know, most of them sort of run on like firewall distributions. You'll get like a GUI that can configure everything from DHCP service to DNS. And, and you know obviously the firewall and those kind of things, but you're also getting ones that help you administrate users. Um, and the eBox looks like something that that does that. So those all things which we're looking into. It's just moved towards, uh, in my opinion, it's moved towards like a plants kind of approach to to networking, and especially good for, for small businesses. And just like you get your ADSL router, you know, no one ever messes with that. You just turn it on, turn it off, and it works. Um, you know, and small businesses often like that. You know, it's much just work. If it's a problem, just switch it off, switch it on, and it comes right. Um, and I think that's where the approach a lot of people are going to with the sort of network management or basic networking services as well. They don't want to have to sit there, click millions of buttons to get something configured and working. You know, so this whole approach is sort of turning it into an appliance. It is a simple interface. Um, click a few buttons, set a few options, and then it works. Is really where, you know, where, where a lot of the stuff is heading. Um, and I think you'll see that as well with this whole administration of, 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 of networks as well. All right. Um, and you also do – did you have some information like about the company that, that made um, uh, Webman or like their philosophy at all? Um, well, I know Webman a while ago they were run – I think there was something called Cross Country or something like that was owned them. Um, I see now there's another company that seems to have taken them over. So they've got a commercial um, – Portion to to the to the system as well, and um, I think that's also led to a bit of a, a decline in the in the community because you know Webman at one stage was quite you know had quite a bit of mind share. I mean it seems to be decreasing over time, so I'm not sure whether that's related to to you know the changes in ownership of the of the code and the company that that's, con- that's sort of basically sponsoring the development for this application. Um, but yeah, it does seem to be some issues around that, and maybe some of the um, listeners out there will know a bit more about it. But yeah, you know, it seems you know that it's it's on the up and up in terms of uh, using it as an open source solution in your business. Um, yeah, and yourself, um, Darlene, have you had any feedback on on using Webman? Yeah, it was uh, you know I had had it recommended to me by several strong Linux users, mm-hmm. and uh, when I had posted a comment that I was testing it on Ubuntu, mm-hmm. uh, right away I had people come back saying it was unsupported and you know this this idea, and, I, mm-hmm. and so I think too maybe they're not seeing it as true open source, but it mm-hmm. is a it is a valuable tool that you can integrate, and uh, it does provide another level of service and support to your system. So I think it's worth investigating. 
Yeah, look, I think it does have, it does have value. Uh, a lot of these projects, open source projects, is one thing we always got to look at when you actually use the open source solution is, is the, you know, who, 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 which company is sponsoring the project? I mean, is there a good community around the project? Um, and, it, you know, there are a couple of these projects which were open source and they seem to have had a commercial uh, entity take, take an interest in them. Um, I did a podcast recently about firewalls and one such distribution, for example, was RPCOP. Um, and it does seem that there's, you know, there's some companies battle to get the open source mix right. Um, so yeah, so maybe they just sort of need to find their way there and, and sort that out. But you know, before we find we we, we some um, somebody on the other side of the of the um, <laughs> of the radio broadcast now getting really frustrated because we're not communicating, <laughs> we don't have the right idea what's going on. But I think that's our, our feeling on it. And um, yeah, you know, if anybody knows any more about the the company and its direction that is going, feel free to provide some feedback on it. I mean, I really think it's a good project that that you know needs a bit more exposure and a bit more um, could use a bit more people using it, and a bit of, bit of community behind it. All right, well, that's all I have to share today, Mark. And how about yourself? Yeah, that's that's all for now. Um, I think what we'll do is look at in future episodes we'll bring out maybe look at other tools that can be used for remote administration. But yeah, Webman was the one that we covered today, and I hope that um, some of our listeners find this useful. So just to wrap up today, I really enjoyed the opportunity to co-host with you, and I look forward to our next podcast together. So. Okay, thanks, Darlene, for, for co-hosting the show with me. Uh, I'd like to thank all our listeners for, for tuning in to listen to this episode, and yeah, much we'll be releasing more episodes um, in, future, in the future, so keep tuned. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs. Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.